0: Greenlee had never heard of Alaska's Aleutian Islands until he read the job description. Over a thousand miles of snow-capped volcanoes stretching from Alaska to Russia across the Bering Sea. And the single radio station covering the archipelago was hiring a reporter. Here is Theo telling the story of how he wound up living on a volcano in the Bering Sea and about getting more than what he had bargained for. the tsunami warning. the siren. All right, I'm gonna try to get to high ground. It's 11 o'clock at night in July, and I'm in Alaska, alone, scrambling up a hill overlooking the Bering Sea. Okay, I'm climbing up this hill. I just moved to this island a few weeks ago. I was starting my new career as a radio reporter. I'd freelanced for the past few years, but this was my first full-time job. So one night I'm out fishing for salmon at a beach outside of town when this woman walks up to me and says, Hey man, do you know that there's a tsunami warning right now? I did not know there was a tsunami warning. She asked me if I had a vehicle and told me I needed to get to high ground. So I start driving back to town, but then I realize she isn't behind me. So I turned my head to look down at the beach to see if I could spot her car. And that's when I ran my car off the side of the road. I can't believe I drove my car off the side of the road. What did you do, Theo? So I tried to reverse it. I tried to go forward. I pushed and rocked. But the car was stuck. That's when I saw the woman's truck. Saved, I thought until it turned up the hill in the opposite direction. I climbed onto the roof of my car and tried to flag her down, but her taillights disappeared over the ridge. I was alone. I gotta get higher. So I'm scrambling to get up this hill to get to high ground. I have a VHF radio. It's like a walkie-talkie. It's what they use on boats. So I turn it on and I listen to the boats that are pulling out of the harbor and into the open ocean. Channel 16 and nine. First wave is expected at 2350. Now I am a news reporter. I am supposed to be at the radio station warning the community that there's this wave of destruction coming, but instead I'm stranded at the beach. I've never thrown my car off the side of the road. And I wait until there's a fucking tsunami. Do it. I start recording on my phone because, damn it, if low. I can't be at the goddamn radio station, I'm gonna be in the goddamn field. It's 11:43. Seven minutes to touchdown. Or what is it? Seven minutes to midnight. The doomsday clock. Got first contact at 11:50. Oh my god. What if I'm not high enough? Well, we're going to leave me stuck up on that mountain for a moment, because I think we need some background. The Aleutians are a string of island bases extending over a thousand miles westward from the Alaskan peninsula. These islands once considered... This is a U.S. military video from the 1940s. See, the Aleutian Islands played a big role in the United States military history. The Japanese actually invaded during World War II. Most people don't really know about the Aleutian Campaign, so it's often called the Forgotten War. But this place is so much more. This land is Unungam Tanungan, the land of the Ununga people. This is a world of snow-capped volcanoes rising out of black seas breaching humpbacks, tufted puffins, bald eagles, and red foxes. I had spent the past 10 years living in Los Angeles. I had freelanced for a few radio stations and newspapers, done a couple internships, but mostly I was a bartender. When I read the job description, I knew this was the adventure I needed. Our award-winning newsroom is located in the Aleutian Islands, the ancestral home of the Ununga people, who have lived in this region for more than 9,000 years. This is a news-rich region that's surrounded by some of the most productive fishing grounds in the country and in the middle of an international shipping corridor. You will be one of a handful of journalists based in this 1,000-mile region. Well, I got the job, and in June 2021, I moved to the island of Unalaska. Now, you can't understand Alaska radio without understanding a little bit about Alaska itself. Long story short, Alaska is huge. The population is small. Now, the people that live here are spread out in tiny towns and villages all around the state, and most communities aren't connected by roads or really any infrastructure to speak of. So, what connects them? The answer is radio. Of course it's radio. That's the whole point of this podcast. You know that's what I was going to say. Yes, radio connects them. Alaska's built up this robust network of public radio stations. They deliver weather, local events, airplane schedules, music, news, and birthdays. All the community stations around the state have their own quirks, as different from one another as a sockeye is from a coho, a humpback from a right... Okay, you get it. So over in Bethel, in western Alaska, there's KYUK on the Yukon-Kuskokwim River Delta. Looks like we've got a caller. Welcome to TalkLine. Guyana Hey, good morning. Now, they happen to be that's the first native-owned and operated radio station in the United States. But, uh, and I know everybody's thinking about fish right now, but I wanted to talk about something else for people to think about as they're out this summer. And that's moose. They do a daily newscast in English and one in Yupik, which is the only language many of the elders speak in the region. Now, rural Alaska radio stations, especially in western Alaska, they're pretty well known for their birthday lines, where people call in to wish their loved ones a happy birthday. Here's one from KDLG in Bristol Bay. Am I on open mind? Yes, you are, Jimmy. You're a first caller. Okay. Happy birthday, my luck. Have a happiest birthday today. Today's Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday, April 12th. Yeah. My birthday coming up pretty soon. Oh, boy. That's exciting. Now, if you haven't spent time in Alaska, it might be easy to dismiss a birthday show like this as quaint or folksy. But it speaks to the vastness of the region and just how important radio is. It's this community builder, and it brings people and families and friends together over these vast landscapes. Many of these radio stations have a news reporter or two. We're often the only news outlet for hundreds of miles. There are dozens of reporters like me scattered across the state. Up in the Arctic, you have Desiree Hagen, who's been up there solo for about a year now. Arriving with his face covered in ice crystals, Holmes gave his dogs a snack and briefly posed for photos as spectators braved the minus 40 degree cold to greet him. 1,200 miles south, Sage Smiley and Wrangle covering her corner of the inside passage. In the darkness, and especially in the driving wind and sleet, it was impossible to see across the strait to Waronofsky Island. The only visible marker of the barrier between land and sky were the three boats, two fishing vessels and a smaller skiff outlined in colored Christmas lights, bobbing in the black water back and forth next to the dock. And Wesley Early holding it down in the big city. Its officials are optimistic that Anchorage will see several days in a row of sunshine and warmth starting Thursday, but they say the warmth won't stick around for long. Reporting in Anchorage, I'm Wesley Early. All around the state, you have us radio reporters. In Fairbanks and Haynes and Kodiak and Homer, Kenai, Kotzebue... Why am I doing this? There's already a thing. Ketchikan, Kotzebue, Dillingham, Sitka, Chukia, Fairbanks, Fort Yukon, Wrangell, Barrow, Analaska, Dutch Harbor. We work in newsrooms of one, two, or three, and in the rare cases of big cities, a handful. We report from fishing boats, helicopters, city halls, and dog sleds. And day after day, we do what we can to keep the public informed. Coming up on KUCB News, three volcanoes continue to erupt across the Aleutian chain, and support from the National Science Foundation will aid ice melt modeling. Stay tuned. Now that frolicsome voice is my news director in Unalaska. Hope McKenney. Hope grew up on a sheep farm in Northern California. She's been in the radio biz since high school. Now, this is her third year in Alaska. Before coming up here, she did a stint at a big station in San Francisco. It wasn't for her. She didn't like that they made her wear shoes. Hope is the latest in a long line of enterprising news directors who've come out here. Now, I can't tell you about all of them, but there's at least one more you ought to meet. Allow me to introduce you to KUCB's very first news director, my good pal, Jim Paulin. So when I first started at um, 1998 as a first news director, um, they didn't have much of an antenna like they do now. They had a transmitter inside the city powerhouse and outside, they had a system that looked like a clothesline, I thought it was... Jim lives in a cabin out on Captain's Bay. There's no water or heat, but it's practically free and it's right in the commercial fishing hubbub. Jim's an old stringer, a newspaper man through and through. Did a few years up in Bristol Bay, then he went to the Arctic to report from Kotzebue, and he believes in the cause. It's really important to have reporters on the ground and you know, living in these communities because cover- you don't get much coverage compared to uh, larger communities where there are reporters all the time. Jim got to Unalaska during the Wild West days crab fishing was booming. Reporter Jim Paulin with a recap of the week's events. died when he was swept overboard off the crab fishing vessel Exedo. Another monstrous wave struck the Bering Star the same day, last Wednesday, causing substantial damage but only minor injuries. The wave crashed through the wheelhouse window, disabled the vessel's electronics and actually stripped the sweatshirt off the crew member at the helm according to skipper Dewey Hostetler. Jim's semi-retired now, but he still has his ear to the ground, the way only a seasoned newspaper man can. And he's still writing some. Now, Unalaska has cleaned up since Jim got here in the Derby days. We've civilized in the past 20 years. We're not as ragtag, but we're still still a little ragtag. Case in point, Maggie Nelson, daughter of a coal miner, master's degree in English literature. Together, the three of us, Hope, Maggie, and I, produce a daily newscast. Sometimes it's just one of us running the show while the others are out on reporting trips. Sometimes it's all hands on deck. That's especially true when there's breaking news like, say, a severe weather event. Or at least that's how it's supposed to be. Attention on Alaska. Our community is currently under a tsunami warning. Residents should evacuate. Back on Tsunami Mountain and I am not contributing much to the news. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, at least 27 boats, fishing boats, a barge. I've been up on the hill for a couple of hours now. It's dark and past the projected wave, but we still haven't received the all clear. Then I see a pair of headlights turn on way across the bay. That car at the top of the hill is finally coming down. Okay, that car on the other side of the hill just turned on and I see their headlights driving down the road. And so I'm trying to get down the hill to the road. So I book it down that hill and I'm scrambling down the tundra, trying not to break my ankle. I make it onto the road, and I stand in the middle of the gravel road, waving my arms. The truck stops. Hey. I'm the guy who you told there was a tsunami. Oh, is that you? I realize it's not the same woman as my, before. I drove my car off the oh. side. Of, I'm stuck there. Oh, no. Are you going back to town? Yeah. Do you think that I could come with you? I know that this is... Uh, my name's Theo. I work at KUCB at the station. I'm, I'm stranded. I, I went up the hill. And she is not having it. She just kind of looks at me blankly. I don't know. <laughs> I, I explain who I am. I, I name some people in town to prove it. And she starts to become amused by how befuddled I am. And so she agrees to take me back to town. When I get back to the station, everybody's there. Maggie's writing an update. She's been working with statewide breaking news editors out of an Anchorage. And I can see that uh, I had a lot to learn. <laughs> Researchers looking into the decline of stellar sea lions have noticed that the concentration of mercury levels in lion pups was increasing in some parts of the Aleutian Islands. But what's causing those mercury levels to rise? KUCB's Theo Greenlee reports that a team of scientists from around the country have teamed up to try to solve that mystery. Caroline Funk is sorting through about a hundred small plastic bags. They're laid out across a table in the back room of the Museum of the Aleutians in Unalaska. A lot of toes and ribs. Here's a bird bone. She's yeah, looking through bits and pieces of an animal bones found in ancient Unangax village sites across the Aleutian chain. Oh, here we go. That's why this bag is here. This is a scapula. Funk is an archaeologist. I feel like I won the lottery. We get to report the coolest stories. I mean, I got to interview scientists who were doing chemical analysis of ancient seal bones. They cut out slices with a saw. It smells like a dentist's office. Hope and Maggie and I get to report from helicopters and tugboats. Or like the story that Maggie did on a fishing boat. There's no better crash course for a green fisherman then hopping on a boat and setting sail into the open seas, even just a few miles out. Can we have a deck bucket out here? Right here, I'll, I'll get some. I tour a Navy warship on its way to the Arctic. Arleigh Burke-class destroyer, it's uh, multi-mission warfare capable, so. I ride a jet ski to report on an Ununga boat launch. Now, Alaska has the highest indigenous population in the United States per capita. About 20%. But that population is not represented in the state's newsrooms. Lots of the stories we do up here involve indigenous affairs. So there's a big conversation going on about reporting on communities that aren't your own and representation in newsrooms. And in Alaska, many people are taking great strides to try to change the representation in newsrooms. Now, we don't have the time today to really do this conversation justice, and I'm not the person who should be leading such a conversation. What I will do, though, is make a couple recommendations. I highly recommend anybody check out the Native American Journalists Association, NAJA, or NASHA. And the other recommendation I want to make is a podcast called Coffee and Quack. And that explores contemporary Alaska native life. Living in Alaska can be really fun. I've gone snowboarding down a volcano overlooking the Bering Sea. I spent two weeks camping and kayaking down North America's biggest fjord. We go fishing, pick berries, have dinner parties and saunas and polar plunges. But it's also a grind. The daily newscast can be a beast. It's never-ending. I begin to notice this trend. It seems that every few months, a reporter leaves their radio station. Often, they leave the entire network to take a job in another state. And these emails can share a similar tone. Due to my mental health, I've decided to take a break from reporting, or some such sentiment. First, I dismiss these as being spoiled or something, But I can start to feel it. You're just never caught up. You're always behind. It can feel like you're drowning. But it's also the most exciting and rewarding job that I've ever had. So, you know, you gotta weigh the pros and cons. Get away the pros and cons. I'm on a Saab 2000 twin prop plane on my way to go report from the Eastern Aleutians for a month. I've been in Alaska for a little more than two years. By now, I can easily tell the difference between a seal and a sea lion. I text the mayor directly when I need a comment for a story, and I can write broadcast copy about as quickly as I can speak it. I'm also wearing sweatpants more than I ever have, like all the time. Well, technically they're joggers. The radio station intern meets me at the airport. Find you? Hi. Hi. I find you? Nice to meet you. You too. I'm Malia. I'm Theo. Nice to meet you. How long are you here for? About a month. Oh, nice. Uh, is a local. She just graduated high school. uh, I'll follow you. Yeah, I'll show you. She shows me the radio station. It's on the ground floor of City Hall. Sandpoint has about 900 people, mostly fishermen. I'll mainly be working alone, Malia will be in and out, and if I'm lucky, the radio technician will be there in between fishing trips. You really don't have to do much other than, is there a problem here? (laughs) You know, is this, is this, and then... Virgil Porter, radio technician, salmon fisherman, barstool philosopher, and general fount of purple swirling energy force fields. He used to be a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, but he saw the writing on the wall. Newspapers were going the way of the California sardine fishery, which which collapsed. The fishery collapsed. If you ain't up on your fisheries history, so Virgil moved to the Shumigans twenty years ago, and he's been fishing here ever since. So okay, once again, you you are in the Shumigans for reporting. I'm doing some reporting here. Okay, that was the main reason. Okay, excellent, awesome. I'm yeah. glad to see you here. Holy heck! Holy heck! <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Where did they put you up? I'm in Austin. I get settled in. I go hiking where I can look across the strait to the snow-capped mountains of the Alaska Peninsula. I find sand dollars and agates on the beach. Virgil takes me out on a skiff to Unga Island. We see half a dozen humpbacks, hundreds of puffins, and an abandoned village site. These things are amazing. But most of my time in Sand Point, I'm alone. I start to wonder what I'm doing in this small town, so far away from anyone I I know and love. I'm 38, and all the people my age in this town seem to be married with kids. I go to the bar, talk about fishing with folks, and then I head back home. I've spent the past two years asking people questions about their lives, and I haven't really thought too much about my own. (music) The Alaska Fisheries Report is brought to you in part by the Alaska Marine Safety Education Association. Well, it's my first Saturday night in Sandpoint. I've just poured myself a bourbon, and I'm settling in on the couch, listening to the radio. Then, all of a sudden, the house begins to sway. First, I think there's some heavy machinery driving by, but I've been through this before. It feels pretty earthquakey. The shaking subsides and I start to get my bearings. This was a big one. For sure gonna trigger a tsunami warning. Oh God, I think. I have to go to work. I get into the truck and turn on the radio and it's already playing the emergency alert system. Alaska daylight time on July 15th, an earthquake with preliminary magnitude of 7.3... I figure they must have a trigger set up with the emergency alert system. Or maybe Virgil's already at the station. Preliminary magnitude... Ay, ay, 55 miles south... does this happen every time I, Alaska. Alaska, time I go to a new... time I go to a new island? arrival times for the first in the series of tsunami waves are as follows as in Alaska daylight oh, man. time. They figure a little more than an hour before the first tsunami wave is expected. Well, It's plenty of time to check in at the station, make sure the emergency alert's all set, go down to the harbor, take some photos of boats leaving, maybe get the harbor master or someone for a quick comment, then get back up to high ground and write the news. Of course I'm driving into town and I, all these cars are driving the opposite direction as I drive down into the, down into the thick of it. Coastal area, to higher ground. Nobody's at the radio station, but the emergency alert's all set. I drive to the docks, take some pictures of the boats leaving the harbor. Back in the truck, I see a girl in her 20s walking along the road. She looks like she just got off a fishing boat. Everyone's leaving the harbor, but she's just standing on the side of the road picking wildflowers. Are you okay? Do you need a ride to high ground? You're, you're not worried about the, you hear, you know, there's this. St- I don't know, do you think there's actually gonna be a tsunami though? Uh, I think there could be. Yeah. All right, well, they're saying, I mean, it's 11.28 right now. They're saying that the first wave uh, would hit at 12.10. Okay. So that's 40 minutes from now to get to high ground. Yeah, you- I'll make sure to be with the boat by then. Well, okay, the boat is gonna, has to go out. You, yeah. If you're on land, you gotta get to uh, high ground. Yeah. Okay, well. i will be good. All right. Thank you. Sure, good it. luck. Good night. You too. She did not give a fuck. I'm struck that my two tsunami warning situations involve me either trying to convince a strange woman to get into my truck or to let me into hers. No time to unpack that one. I gotta get to high ground. I'm almost back at the house when my phone rings. It's Tegan from Alaska Public Media, our breaking news editor in Anchorage. She's already working on a story with the reporters from Kodiak, which is also in the tsunami zone. Well, I get to work. One person's on the line with the earthquake observatory, another's writing up copy. I send them my pictures. I call the chief of police and the article is ready to go. I, I love what I do. I love that I get to work with this network of reporters and editors. I love that I have a protocol for when there's a tsunami warning. I love that I know the difference between Atka and Atu and Adak and Akutan. They're islands. But I'm also tired. I'm drowning in stories. The second I hit publish, I'm already behind on the next one. You know, when I first moved to Alaska, I met a local guy who said to me, oh, there have been a lot of reporters who move up here for a few years. They get their stories, they leave. Hope and Maggie are on their way out, and I have an itch to move closer to my family down south. KECB just hired two new reporters, in fact. They're training now. I think they're going to be good. Anyway, I could talk about radio all day, but we're going to have to pick it up another time. I'm on deadline. I've got to write the news. A tsunami warning has been issued for this area. Tune to your local radio station for details. Tune to your local radio station for details. You're listening to KUCB 89.7 FM on Alaska. It's Monday, July 17th, 2023. I'm Sophia Stewart-Rossi with some local news. A magnitude 7.2 earthquake triggered a tsunami warning for the Alaska Peninsula and Kodiak Island late Saturday night. The strong earthquake hit about 60 miles southwest of Sandpoint shortly before 11 at night. Sirens sounded in local communities, including Sandpoint and Kodiak, with officials urging residents to seek higher ground. The tsunami warning was later downgraded to an advisory and was canceled altogether by one in the morning on Sunday. Theo Greenlee moved to Alaska through an organization called Report for America. The nonprofit service program works to place journalists in undercovered communities. If you're interested in local journalism, check out reportforamerica.org. Radio Around the World is brought to you by the Guta Institute. Thank you to all of our friends and partners for making this series possible.